Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It is Saturday morning, an entirely new time slot for us. Um, Saturday morning, December 19th, and excited to be on the air with you. I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, Thursday night show had to be canceled at the last minute. I have been banged up with a nasty case of bronchitis um, all week. And you may hear my voice come in and out. I have a pile of arricola cough drops sitting on my uh sitting next to me here and uh so if you hear me disappear for a minute and and hand over to my co-host Doug as I'm having a coughing fit while well, I apologize in advance so we moved the show back to Saturday we didn't really get to talk about the Thursday night Bucks Rams game although it kind of went as I thought it would with a whole lot of Todd Gurley and a whole lot of junk time points for Jameis Winston but um Happy to be here. We're going to preview all the weekend's 15 action. Most of you are probably in the semifinals of your fantasy playoffs, so it's a big week. We're going to give you the best and our best advice as we can. And joining me, as he always does, uh, here on a Saturday morning, my co- colleague and co-host, Mr. Douglas Dodala. Doug, happy Saturday, my friend. How are you? Hello, sir. How are you? That, that was a brutal, brutal game to watch, just because it looked like the condiment bowl. I mean, <laughs> those uniforms were... <laughs> Hideous. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were uh, they were rough to look at, that's for sure, the yellow and red. Yeah, ketchup versus mustard, and uh, I guess mustard won, right? But I um, <laughs> want to remind everybody, the show normally airs on Thursday nights, as we spoke about, but here we are this morning. You can follow the show on Twitter at Fantasy and on Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Chat room is open, as well as uh, the phone line. So give us a call this morning if you're listening live at 347-838. 8088. And if you're not listening live and you're listening on iTunes, we do appreciate it. Go to iTunes, download, subscribe, comment, rate the show. We appreciate the support there as well. Check out the sites I'm associated with, draftvalet.com, rotoballer.com. Make sure you go there and check all of that out. All right, Doug, fantasy playoffs are upon us. Week two in some leagues, first week in others. It's the semifinals. And i got to be honest, I... I have probably never faced tougher decisions in my fantasy football career uh, uh, than I am this weekend. My team has been struck with some brutal matchups, some difficult decisions, and I'm going to get your advice on a couple of them. And I'm going to start the conversation, and we'll go game by game in a minute. But here's my, 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 my opening question for you. Odell Beckham, Eli Manning, what do you do with them this weekend against the Carolina Panthers? You know, that's a tough one because, you, like we always say, you want to go with the guys who get you where you are today. You don't want to get cute. You don't want to start, you know, uh, overthinking it, you know, paralysis by analysis. Um, I think for Beckham, you got to go with Beckham. I mean, he's, he's oh, the yeah. best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Eli Manning, that's a, that's tough. It's a tough call. That's the decision. 
Odell Beckham, you're playing no matter what. I don't think right. the Carolina cornerback can stop him. I really don't. I agree with you. Beckham's the best in the league. But we, you and I have seen enough of Eli Manning to know as easily as he could do what he did against Miami last week, 300-something yards and four touchdowns, right. he can as easily go for a buck 75 and two picks. Yeah, that that is uh that that is the way, that, that is the way his uh fantasy football life pretty much rolls. Uh do you now, have other now, options there? Well well here's here's my what I've done. Um Sunday at one o'clock, the Buffalo Bills are traveling to Washington. Kirk Cousins has played very well at home. He's thrown at least one touchdown pass in every game this season. He has thrown for over three hundred yards in three of his last five games. The Buffalo Bills secondary has allowed six t- passing touchdowns in their last three games. Quick math, that's two touchdowns a game. I have added Kirk Cousins, and I never thought I would say it. I have added Kirk Cousins to my roster. I also use, utilize Jordan Reed as my tight end, and he has very clearly become Kirk Cousins' favorite passing option. Cause, uh, Jordan Reed has been terrific this season. Okay, on the year, Reed has 694 yards, 67 receptions, and seven touchdowns. He leads the Redskins in all three categories. I I loved using the Eli to Beckham combo. I loved the double point option. I didn't want to give that up. Uh, that was part of my plan. My other plan was I liked the matchup against the Bills secondary. This Bills defense is not the Bills defense that everybody fell in love with back, you know, in September. Right. Cousins is on the roster. Playing at home, we know the Redskins play good there. They play very well at home. Cousins has played well. I have no issue with the way Cousins has played. He is on my roster, buying me time until Sunday. Right now, Kirk Cousins is in my starting lineup, however. Am I crazy? No, you know, I I can't disagree with you. And uh, the reason why is uh, with the Eli, for your team specifically, I'm speaking, with the Eli Odell <laughs> connection, it could be a boom or bust for you for the game. Uh, you, you could have Odell have a decent game and Eli still busts. Uh, you know, and one may one one's performance may hang on the other. If the Panthers mm-hmm. shut down one, then the other one might be pretty much in trouble. So, you know, you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket there. I, I would I would be pretty confident playing uh, Cousins because. There's a good chance. There's a good chance Cousins and Eli will pretty much have similar numbers. I think the the yeah, boom. I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I I, I think the, I think the boom option, the ceiling is higher for Eli, because I mean mm-hmm. you, you just never you, you never know which Giants which Eli you're going to get, you know. And uh, but I mean Cousins. I've played Cousins a few times this this year, and he's done pretty. He's done either. Well for me or very well, so I'm pretty happy with him. So for for you personally, uh, I would go with o- Odell and Cousins. Uh, for anybody else who ha- doesn't have the option of Cousins, uh, there's still some decent options out there. Uh, uh, I would I would not have Eli as my number one if I could if I could avoid it. Right. For, so for example, let's talk about quarterbacks for a minute, and let's play the okay. Eli Manning game. Okay. All right. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Eli Manning this week? Fitzpatrick's against the Cowboys. Yeah, see that, that's that's tough too because the Cowboys' defense is is uh, very is is uh, very tough against the quarterback and wide receivers. But I would go with Fitzpatrick. I agree. I would go Fitzpatrick. What about Jay Cutler against the Vikings? 
Would you trust Jake Cutler in your fantasy semifinals? No, you know what? Because his, his boomer bust ratio is just too risky for me. I mean, he can give you thirty-five points or like nine. So I, I would, I, would Here, I, I try to stay away from him if I, if I can. Here's an interesting name: Alex Smith, who I would never thought I'd say, but he's yep. playing the Ravens, who who yep. are terrible, terrible defensively, especially against the pass. What about Alex yep. Smith or Eli Manning? Um. Yeah, I would go uh, Alex you know, Smith this week. You know, I, I actually I, I will get to it later. I have Alex Smith on my start, uh, my start roster. Um, I would probably go. I mean, it's it's. A, I would say conservatively, yes, I would go over him. Uh, he over Eli. One more name I want to throw, and then we're going to start looking at all the games. Matt Ryan, who has been a huge disappointment this year. We've talked about him being droppable in leagues. That's how yep. big a letdown he has been. He's going against the Jaguars, though. In Jacksonville, keep in mind, he plays much better at home, Matt Ryan, than he does on the road. Um, Ryan's going to Jacksonville. What do you think? Him or Eli? At, at this point, i got to go Eli. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, it's, and the reason I say this is these are all names on the waiver wire, and I chose Cousins over all of them. He was playing at home. And I agree with you. I don't think Kirk Cousins can give me the upside game that Eli Manning can give me. However, I don't think he'll give me the bust game that Eli Manning could also give me. Um, and, and your other point was dead on, Doug. Might have been the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. And, <laughs> and that's not surprising because I haven't heard you say much intelligent in the 10, 15 years I've known you. That's very true. But... <laughs> the the Eli Manning can have a bust game, and Odell Beckham could still give me or give any of our listeners three catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. But those might very well be, those 85 yards Odell Beckham catches might be only half of Eli Manning's passing yards. Right. So, so Beckham could still produce, whereas Eli won't. Um, that's why Beckham stays in your lineup, no matter what. And I agree, he's the best wide receiver in the game. Sorry, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones fans. Beckham has has been better simply because he is the only option on the Giants, and everybody knows it. You, me, and my my grandmother know how to defend the Giants. Cover Odell Beckham, and you're going to beat him, and it doesn't make a difference. Nobody could cover him. The Steelers at least have options. Um... It's a tough call, but here's my advice, and we're going to move forward from this. Play Eli Manning, depending on who, who's on the waiver wire. Um, play Fitzpatrick over him. Uh, I'll play Kirk Cousins over him. Uh, there are other guys I won't, but Eli Manning is a super tough play this week. That's for yeah. sure, Doug. And, and, and that's a if tough he's matchup. on the waiver wire still, if Fitzpatrick's still on the waiver wire, you're a lucky man and grab him. Absolutely. And the role he has been on. I mean, Doug, can you imagine we're about to say this? The Jets' offense is potent right now. And that segues right into this tonight's game, Saturday night's game. Jets traveling to Dallas. Jets got to win out just to hope to make the playoffs. 11-5 and five might not get them in, but they got to win out to even have a shot. Fitzpatrick, Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, Chris Ivory, all hands on, te- on deck Fantasy-wise there, Doug, you're playing all of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a Giants fan, 
and the season is is just it's just tumultuous. It's unbelievable. But it, it's really nice to see the Jets have this late in the season have a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. They're doing really well. I've always liked Fitzpatrick. It's nice to, it's nice to see him do well. Uh, but yeah, like you said, all this week I'm starting. It's just about well, besides tight ends, like we've always said, besides tight ends, you start almost everybody from the Jets. Yep, Chris Ivory. He had a monster game against Tennessee last season. He, uh, last week he went for over a hundred. Like you said, the Cowboys' defense is tough against quarterbacks. Right? They do defend the pass well. They've only allowed fourteen passing touchdowns on the season. So, so you can expect. A big game out of Chris Ivory. A lot of Chris Ivory running the ball. I still think Marshall and Deckler will get theirs. I, you got to play them. Uh, um, you know, Marshall's got 11 touchdowns. Decker's got nine. I think you play Fitzpatrick in the right situation, depending on who your other quarterbacks are. Doug, what about Bilal Powell? He's kind of come on in the last three weeks or a month or so, and he's been terrific in PPR formats. Standard league, he doesn't hold the value that a PPR format does. Um, over his last three games, Powell has given you, over his last four games, he's given you double-digit fantasy points three out of four times. Last two games, he's given you about 20 and over 20, and it's all because of his pass catching. Are you, where are you willing to trust him? Is he an RB2, or is he more of a flex play option this week against Dallas? To me, Powell is a, is a flex play. Uh, like you said, PPR format, you know, uh, pretty comfortable playing him. Um, but, you know, like, also, like you said in the beginning of the show, Anthony, there are a lot of injuries out there. I mean, a lot of options yeah. are coming out this, this week that, you know, you never thought would have, would have happened. Uh, but he may be, I mean, if you, if you had a, uh, uh, a TJ Yeldon or someone like that uh, who's banged up, you couldn't get his back up, uh, Powell's definitely in play. All right, I want to play another game now. Blau Powell, you mentioned the injured running backs. We just saw this week alone, we saw Thomas Rolls go down in Seattle. We saw Garrett Blount go down in New England. You mentioned um, T.J. Yeldon in Jacksonville. So now the big waiver wire ads, I, I, Bryce Brown in Seattle, uh-huh. who, who is going to be the guy, although they brought back Christine Michaels. So, so it's going to be interesting how that shakes out. Fred Jackson's there on third down. You've got the James White Brandon Bolden combination in New England, and and you never know what Brady's going to uh, Brady and Belichick are going to do with their running backs there. And right. you've got Denard Robinson in Jacksonville, who did have some success last season down the stretch when they finally gave up on Toby Gerhardt in Jacksonville. You have those three guys. Would you play any one of them if you lost any of the starters? Would you use any of them, or would you use Bilal Powell over? Any of those players who are technically going to be starting this week? Um, you know, I don't. I, mean, I don't think so. Look at the matchups. I mean, the Seahawks are playing the Browns, and the Seahawks great are great matchup for right Bryce now. Brown. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's for me. He's off the waiver wire. He may be the number one guy. Um, the Jaguars playing playing the Falcons. Another sieve as far as defense is concerned, and uh, the Patriots against the Titans. For me, the biggest question mark is the Patriots. Because, like you said, you never know. You know, they may run the ball five times the whole game. You just never know. And, and they're and they're splitting time in the backfield. So for for me, the Patriots are probably I'm probably least confident with the Patriots. Fair enough. So you would roll with Robinson or Bryce Brown uh, as your RB two potentially over a Bilal Powell. Yeah, I think I would. 
I would. Get the, 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 the starters work over the third down back work. I mean, obviously in a standard league you would do that. The question really becomes in a PPR format. Um, I'm expecting a lot of Chris Ivory this week, tonight, I should say. Uh, sure. should be interesting. Doug, let's flip to the other side of the field, though. Dallas Cowboys, they're a hot mess. Matt Castle's at quarterback. I'm going to go out and say it. I am not playing any Cowboys on offense if I could avoid it. Uh, Darren McFadden hasn't been great, and he's going to struggle this week against that Jets defense. Des Bryant is a shell of himself this season. I don't know why the Cowboys aren't shutting him down, getting him healthy for next year. He's not going to be able to get open against Darrell Rivas. Um, are there any Cowboys you trust this week? If you're unfortunately one of those guys who has been hit <clears throat> excuse me, hard by the injury bug, maybe Dez. But that's the only scenario I could see. Because I, I was rattling my brain last night thinking, who would I start on the Cowboys? Uh, in, in a deep league, you know, that might have three wide receivers and a flex. If, if you're banged up and you yeah. have to play Dez, you play Dez. Otherwise, I mean, I've, I'm, I've sat Dez several times in the past few weeks and, and not even thought twice about it. Right, and it hasn't hurt you. He hasn't surprised anybody with any games. Um, I'm agreeing. I'm sitting Des Bryant um, as often as I can. And Darren McFadden, the only way I'm playing him this week is if we talked about you have been decimated by injury at running back, and he's he's literally the last man standing. If he's the last man standing, you you go with him. Yep, I agree. Doug, let's move on to Sunday afternoon now. Uh, Tomorrow afternoon, the Bears at the Vikings. One o'clock start time. Let's start with the Bears. Alshon Jeffrey did not practice Thursday, but he did practice on Friday. He's currently listed as questionable. Uh, if he plays, he is a must start. Uh, Matt Forte, Langford, what do you think of the Bears' backfield? Forte seems to have uh, reclaimed his role there. Yeah, I started Langford last week. It hurt me. Uh, Forte is a guy, if you have Langford, um, I'm sorry to say that the dream of grabbing that that backup and running with him is is over with him. You know, Forte is is like you said, he, he's reestablished himself. He's the guy now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Forte's a must start. I think Alshon's a must start. You know, Langford last week he gave you nine fantasy points in a PPR league. And here's the thing: as much as we say it, there's going to be a whole bunch of backup running backs who, because of those injuries. Are, are somebody somebody's going to have to start him? A Langford, a Blau Powell, uh, James Starks in Green Bay. You're right. going to have to utilize these guys as the running back position has just been absolutely decimated. But Forte's the preferred option. Alshon Jeffrey, Doug. What about the tight end uh, Miller in Chicago? He had a big game last week. Would you go back to him again this week? Yeah, you know. Uh... The tight ends are—they're so hit or miss. Uh, but yeah, Miller is a guy that I would start this week. He—he uh, he, he did well for me last week. Um, ho- hopefully, you're not dependent on him to win you the game. I mean, tight ends are one of those positions where, you know, if, if you get nine, ten, eleven points out of them, you're usually you're pretty happy. Uh, maybe maybe a little more in PPR. Right. Um, I don't think he'll lose you the game, but. Uh... You know, tight end hasn't been decimated too much by injury, but if you need him, if you had Martellus Bennett, I think he's a pretty – he's an okay play. We'll leave it at that. I'll start right. him in a deeper league format, but I'm not taking out Antonio Gates or Jordan Reed or somebody like that. There's, there's enough healthy must-start tight ends that you could survive. 
Doug, Minnesota side of things, it's Adrian Peterson, and I honestly can't think of a single other name to consider on Minnesota's offense. No, I agree. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's AP all day, and uh, I mean, that's the only guy I'm really confident with. I mean, yeah, they, Stephon they, Diggs, who can't – Go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off again. No, I, I just say I, you know, I, I was thinking about Diggs, and I was like, uh, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm not there anymore. He, he, he had his moment. I think his moment is over for the season. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say. He came on, uh, hot wave wire edition midseason, and he has faded and faded fast. He had his couple of weeks. Good, good potential, potential keeper maybe for next year. As I sure. think he'll be the Vikings' number one receiver, dynasty league type of play, but. uh for this year, you can't you can't rely on him at all, Doug. Um, Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the Baltimore Ravens. Is this a game where you're all in with the Chiefs' offense? Uh, just about. We, we discussed Alex Smith. He's uh, quietly consistent. Um, Macklin. Yeah, uh, Macklin is having he's having a nice solid few weeks, uh, nice solid season. He, I, I would play him. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I don't know about. I mean, he's he's has been putting out very well the last few weeks. He's he's a little bit banged up. I'm a little concerned there's a tight end for the Chiefs. Yeah, Kelsey has been. I'm just doing. Uh, uh, I got distracted there for a second. I apologize, but uh, Travis Travis Kelsey. Just a quick update on him with the injury situation. Okay, he is listed as probable with a groin and a quad injury. I mean, I think you got to utilize him. You're not. Would you play a Zach Miller of Chicago over Kelsey, even though Kelsey has been a little less than stellar the last few weeks? Uh, PPR leagues. I mean, he's got five catches combined over his last two games for 60 yards. Last two weeks have been disappointments. Uh, are you going to run scared from him this point in the fantasy season, though? Uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to abandon him just quite yet. Um, no, I mean, right. you know, the, the Chiefs are they're a solid team right now. You know, you, you got to go with him. I think. Yep, I agree. I got to play him uh, as well. Now, what about the running back situation in Kansas City? Charchandrick uh, West is there. He's healthy and ready to roll. And Spencer Ware is also there. Both of them have been splitting time. Ware right now is listed as questionable with a rib injury. I think if Spencer Ware does not play because of the ribs or is limited in any way, Chartrandrick West becomes an absolute must-start because he's a pretty good running back who's going to get the touches. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it all depends on, you know, upon the health. You know, it's, it's a health situation here. It's a, it's a tough call. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those situations that you, you pray you don't get in in the beginning of the season where you, you're, you know, the back, you know, start is hurt, the the the, the backup is splitting time, but uh, yeah, it, it all depends on health in, in Kansas City this week, I think. Yep, but Doug, Baltimore side of things, Chiefs defense has been playing lights out, um, but there's two players we need to speak about, and that's Kamari Aiken at wide receiver, who I think is useful in a PPR format. He seems to be a solid five, six catch guy a game. And then uh, Javorius Buck Allen, you know, Allen is the focal point of that offense. Even though the matchup is tough, the volume is going to be there. The activity is going to be there for Buck Allen. Um, where do you rank them? Is Allen an RB1, an RB2? What are your thoughts there? 
I would put Allen as RB2. You know, when I was first going over this list, uh, I, I wrote down all out for the Ravens, but then I reconsidered Allen, like you said, volume alone puts him as a RB, RB2. Um, you can't discount that. He, he's the guy there. He's the only guy. He's going to get a lot yeah. of touches. Uh, so, yeah, he's 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 uh, definitely uh, a solid RB2. Yeah, I agree. He's going to touch the ball 20 times. So he's going to have right. more opportunity to make play than a lot of other guys. So I right. agree with you on Allen. All right, Doug, we move on now. We mentioned this game briefly earlier in Matt Ryan, but the Atlanta Falcons uh, traveling to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Doug, you and I, uh, I can't wait till next preseason because I think both of us are going to be singing the praises of the Jacksonville Jaguars as both potentially a playoff team and a fantasy juggernaut. Um. I will play Jake Bortles, or Blake Bortles. I will play Allen Robinson. I will play Allen Hearns. I will play Julius Thomas. And I will play Denard Robinson, assuming TJ Yeldon is out this week. I am all in on that Jacksonville offense against the Falcons defense, especially at home. The Jaguars score in last three games. The Jaguars have lost two of these games, but they have put up 25, 39, and 51 points. It is absolutely absurd the numbers this Jacksonville Jaguars team puts up. Um, I am all in on this offense. Is there anybody you disagree with me on there in Jacksonville? No, I, I, uh, not at all. Uh, Jacksonville, and, and you know, you've you got to just remind yourself once in a while when you do this that you, you're talking strictly fantasy football, not reality football. Fantasy football, you know, like we said before, we're all in on these guys. I mean, Blake Bortles is just a, a juggernaut. I mean, I had, we'll discuss it later uh, next week, but he's on my, my my list of top five or ten guys for MVP this year for fantasy. His numbers are outrageous. Yeah, Blake Bortles with 30 touchdowns. I mean, just listen to this. I mean, I'm looking at the Jaguars team stats. If I had told you you could have a quarterback with 30 touchdowns, a one wide receiver with 12 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards, Another wide receiver with over 850 yards and eight touchdowns. A running back with 740 yards rushing and 36 receptions for another 279 yards. You legitimately could have, because none of them were going early, walked away on draft day with, with all of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think done pretty well fantasy-wise. You could have grabbed Blake Bortles as a free agent, drafted Allen Robinson in round eight, Allen Hearns in round 12, TJ Yeldon in round six. People would have looked at you like you were nuts. But you were getting fantasy production up and down the board from that team this year, Doug. Yeah, you're right. People, people will be saying to you, what's your obsession with the Jaguars right now? What do you, you know, what do you, you're, you're rooting in drafts because you're, you're all in on one team. How, you know, what are you doing? But, Anthony, you know, like you said, if you said preseason – you know, you, you gave me the, the breakdown of those numbers, the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. You would have thought that we were talking about the Packers or the Patriots mm-hmm. or maybe the Colts. May, may, well, you know what, that, that's, that's just about it. I mean, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you said the Jaguars, you would have thought you were out of your mind, especially the quarterback position. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Derek Carr, and I'll take Bortles over Carr right now at this point in the season – I mean, these are guys who, if they were drafted, were drafted super late. And, and, and Bortles is going to give you 35 t- touchdown passes this season. Only 13 interceptions coming into this week. Allen Robinson's going to give you 15 touchdowns. Allen Hearns is going to give you 10. 
It's absurd. It's it's huge fantasy numbers. This is a fantasy juggernaut. They're gonna have two thousand yard receivers in Robinson and Hearns, all in on the Jaguars. Doug Atlanta. Now here's the other side of the thing. Matt Ryan was probably drafted round six, round eight, somewhere around then, depending on when the quarterback run went. And here's Matt Ryan sitting at 17 touchdowns to 14 interceptions and is droppable in most leagues if he hasn't been already. I'm not using him. I can't use him on the road against Jacksonville this week, Doug. I just can't. No, he's you know he was a guy preseason, you know, I was, I was I was really high on. I, I thought he was going to be a, easily a top ten quarterback, easily. And he's bottom he's bottom five quarterback. He's such a disappointment this year. And you know he's actually really hurt, at least the last the second half of the season he's really mm-hmm. hurting uh, Julius Jones's numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know Jones is the only player there who is uh, who's worth a start. Fourteen hundred yards, six touchdowns. Uh, I'm playing him, and I'm playing Devonta Freeman. The Jacksonville running defense is not very good. Freeman <clears throat> had a magical run where he was two, three touchdowns a week. That has slowed down, but he's still a, the focal point of the Atlanta offense, uh, especially in a PPR league. He's getting seven or eight catches a game to go along with his rushing yards. Uh, you know, Freeman's got 11 touchdowns on the season. Freeman, Jones, and I'm done with Atlanta at that point, though. Yeah, you know, I was going to say the the one person who's really uh, made out like a bandit because of Matt Ryan's poor uh, poor play is Devonta Freeman. He, he's the only guy. Uh, you're not going to say Julio Jones. You're just not because because his potential is there every week. Even if Matt Ryan has a crappy week, Jones could still have a, a massive week. So you're not you're not going to sit him. But the one guy who's made out like gangbusters is Freeman, and that's you know Freeman Jones, and you stop there. Would Freeman be a first-round pick next year in a 12-team you know, PPR league? About five weeks ago, we were saying yes. <laughs> we, you know, we were saying people were discussing him as the first pick for uh, for next year. Now, uh, you know, he, he he could be around a first-round pick next year in, in a 12-team league, uh, but there are guys I would comfortably take over him, preferably a wide receiver, because the, the bus factor. He's you know, I'm not quite there. You know, to take him. If, if somebody else took him in first round, I, I could see it. But for me, I'm not going to take him first round. I'll take somebody else over him first. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll talk more about that next week as well. All right, Doug. Houston Texans traveling to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I believe it's T.J. Yates versus Matt Hasselback in a for control of the division. My God, uh, that's just a nightmare situation, right? Um, <laughs> Texan side of the ball, I look at DeAndre Hopkins. Colt side of the ball, I see T.Y. Hilton. Maybe Frank Gore, just again, going back to the V word, the volume involved there. Um, right. Two, maybe three players there. Uh, Texans tight ends, Colts tight ends have been disappointments. I'm not playing Dante Moncrief or Andre Johnson for Indianapolis. Nate Washington and the Texans. In a, um, and we're referencing a 12-team. You know, I, I'm not in love with them unless I'm desperate. Some of these guys, Cecil Shorts, not much here to look forward to fantasy-wise, Doug. Yeah, you know, I, I, to, to, to make it short, Anthony, Hopkins, T.Y., maybe Gore. <laughs> and let's move on to the next game. <laughs> really, really nothing. Would you consider using Hasselback, considering he has played well 
if you're in an Eli Manning type situation? Uh, you know what? In, in a two quarterback league, yes. Uh, if if you're that banged up that he's your starting option, uh, I mean, you, you, you play him if you have to, but I mean, there's a, you, you really got to be desperate to be playing him. Let me ask you one other coach question. Okay. Let's say hypothetically, Andrew Luck, after his injury, was dropped, and you win this week, and you make your fantasy championships. Andrew Luck has a chance to play next week in Week 16. You adding him? He's playing the Dolphins. Um, I'll add him if if I have room on my roster, and I have a shaky quarterback situation. I, I I would definitely consider adding him. It depends. I mean, you know, who I'm looking at. That I, you know, if if Matt Ryan is your starter, yeah, I'll probably play Luck. It's going to be an interesting decision because he's got a great matchup next week against Miami if he plays. He does. You saw what Eli I mean, did to Miami last week. There's a lot of really mouths around this country with, with bad taste in it because of uh, Luck right now. And uh, the confidence on him is I mean, very the low. Guy, the guy's kidney exploded. I mean, how bad can you – how angry could you be? Because it's fancy football. That's how bad you could be. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. What have you done for me lately and that's it? Yeah. Well, I think next year he's going to be a steal of a draft because he's going to drop down to round five or so, and somebody will gobble him up and be very, very happy with with, with that then next week. Um, so that that should be interesting there too. All right, Doug, let's move on. Arizona Cardinals playing the Philadelphia Eagles um, in what should be another great game, actually. Um, I love this Cardinals team. That game has been flexed to Sunday night at 8.30, uh, originally slated for 1 o'clock, but that's now the 8.30 Sunday night game. It's in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the worst defense in the league against opposing wide receivers. Um, Jump on board the train. Carson Palmer, uh, the, the young running back, Johnson, and all three Eagle receivers, Brown, Fitzgerald, and Floyd, get them in your lineup. Yeah, uh, you you hit the, the nail on the head. Jump on board with this team. Uh, you know, preseason, uh, I think most people liked them. Uh, at, at this point, you gotta love these guys. If you got if you got a piece of that offense, you should be pretty content. Um, uh, even if you got one of the other running backs, in, you know, preseason, they, they were doing well for a while, uh, especially with Chris Johnson. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board with the Cardinals, the Eagles. That's a that's a that's a tough spot there to be in. Uh, to choose for the Eagles, I'm not. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of who I would play for the Eagles right now. The only Eagle I would consider putting in my lineup in a flex role would be Darren Sproles. That that would be that would be it. That that running back situation is a mess with Murray and Matthews and Sproles. But in recent weeks, Sproles has been, you know, the most effective guy, and. Seems to be, for whatever reason, the guy that Chip Kelly, the dysfunctional head head coach of the Eagles, and I mean dysfunctional in the best way possible, he's the only guy who has done anything. In PPR leagues, and he's a PPR machine, Sproles, three of his last four games, he's giving you at least 12 fantasy points. Nothing to write home about, but as a flex play, he would be the option. You've got to avoid Murray. You can't even consider Matthews. 
And, and you can't. And Jordan Matthews has been a disappointment this week, this season as well. This Cardinals defense is tough. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll use Darren Sproles in a pinch. Other than that, Doug, I'm kind of like you. I'm staying away from the whole mess there in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, each it, it's tough because uh, each one of these guys from the Eagles has given you a shining moment at some point of the season, but you don't know who it's going to come from or where. Sproles, PPR, he's he's consistent. Um, he, he's one of those guys where you know he won't hurt you, but he'll help you uh, a little bit. Yes, yeah, Sproles is, is pretty, pretty. I mean, if my wide receivers are banged up, maybe Jordan Matthews just because you know because they'll be playing from behind, and you know they got chuck, they'll be chucking the ball on Sunday night definitely against the Cardinals. Uh, maybe Jordan Matthews in a pinch if you're banged up, but besides that, Sproles is the guy that's pretty much where it stops. Right. Don't fall in love with the rookie Aguilar. I know he caught a touchdown pass against the Bills last week. Uh, I, I can't trust the guy who's come off his first decent game of the season right now in the fantasy playoffs, though. I just can't do it. Play the Cardinals' defense. Bradford, we know, hasn't been great this season. 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. There'll be some turnovers there. Um, this Cardinal offense, Doug, it's like the Jacksonville offense. You're jumping on board. Uh, Palmer with 31 touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald with five. John Brown with uh, Fitzgerald with seven. Brown with five. Floyd with six. Floyd has 300-yard games over his last four. He's been lights out. I was able to get him off the waiver wire two weeks ago. I guess somebody gave up to him when he was injured. And uh, he slides right into my lineup this week. Going to play him over Brandon Cooks, uh, who's playing Detroit. It was a tough call. But I'm going Floyd over Cooks uh, this week as, as one matchup decision I needed to make. So uh, it should be a fun game Sunday night. It should be a lot of points, a lot of fantasy relevance in Sunday night's game, which makes it entertaining as well. Doug, going back to Sunday afternoon now, the Carolina Panthers and the Giants. We talked about the Giants a little bit. Eli Manning is a start depending upon who else is out there, and we've given you some other options if you're uncomfortable. Odell Beckham is a must-start. Other than that, I'm running from the hills from the Giants. Although, although Doug, if I need a tight end, Willie Ty's been sneaky. Yeah, you know, he's one of those guys, he's – He's he's not the prettiest guy to watch, you know. He's not Antonio Gates, you know. He, the guy looks like a tight end. Uh, sorry, sorry, he looks like a fullback. He has a fullback's number, but I mean, he, he's he's quietly giving you some decent numbers. Um, I don't, I don't have, I'm trying to see the numbers in front of me right now. He has double-digit uh, fantasy points in PPR formats. Okay, he's only got one touchdown on the season, but in PPR formats, he's giving you double-digit fantasy points four games in a row. Going back to week 10, 5 for 56, 6 for 74, 3 for 70, and 5 for 30, plus a touch last week against Miami. His targets, okay, since week 9, 6, 7, 8, 4, and 5, he's given you about 5 or 6 targets a game. So Eli's looking for him. He, in reality, might be the best second option on that giant offense. He's playing better than Reuben Randall is. Um Although Harris has had a nice season in the in the uh, slot position, so if you're desperate for a tight end, uh, uh, you know Martellus Bennett is down. You've been scrambling all season, type of deal. Ty could be useful, I guess, but otherwise staying away. Now, what about the Carolina side of things, Doug? Uh, Cam Newton is in, obviously. Jonathan Stewart is out, however. Uh, they're going by committee. Uh, 
Cameron Artis Payne, Fozzie Whitaker. Are you trusting any of the Carolina running backs against what is really a god awful Jets defense, a Giants defense? Uh, you know, I was running through this last night. That, that's that's a tough call. Like, I mean, the, the Giants defense is a sieve. Um, but again, if if you have Stewart as your starter, and you know you need one of the backups, you know. I, I'm thinking maybe right now it's right. Right now it's slated to be Fozzie Whitaker as the starting back. But don't forget, you also have Mike Tolbert there, who has been notorious since his days with San Diego in his ability to a catch the ball and b punch it in from the one yard line. Um, I mean, you saw what Lamar Miller did last week against the Giants. He was able to bust a couple of touchdowns. Right. It's another backup situation where the the he could give you decent numbers just because the Giants are so bad. He's a flex play. I kind of get that. However, if you're Jonathan Stewart owner and he's been your running back one and he's had a running back one type of season, if you've been beat up by injury, you might have not, you might not have a choice, Doug. Yeah, Tol- Tolbert's one of those guys. Uh, in the past few years, I, I had him as my flex. And you know he's done these uh, pretty nicely, you know. And it's it's amazing because he's he's a massive, massive guy, and he's not you know he he just runs people over. And who would have thought a guy like him? They love to throw the ball to him with some some screens, some little flares out of the backfield. Uh, in a in a PPR, he can give you he can give you maybe three or four uh, receptions. And like you said, when they go goal line. This week with Stewart out, he's the guy getting the ball. And you you know, well, actually, you know what, this week, I guess the Giants, it's not just goal line. I mean, the 5, 10-yard line, they're going to run the ball because the Giants are just giving up yards like it's their job. So, Tolbert's a guy I, I can, uh, as a flex, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a pinch, I would definitely start him. Right. I mean, it's a deeper league if you're going to it. But it's going to be interesting who gets the ball down low. Will it be Tolbert, or will they keep it in Cam Newton's hands? Uh, but I agree with you. I think Tolbert could be sneaky, uh, a sneaky use this week. Not going to give you a big game, but I could see him sneaking 10 points for you uh, this week. Now, Doug, receivers in Carolina, we've seen what opposing wide receivers can do deep against the Giants. They seem to give up a 70-yard touchdown every week. And here's Ted Ginn, who last week, two catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I think he had a two big, big touchdown plays. I don't like Ginn. He catches the ball as if it's on fire. He's afraid of it. But when he does catch it, it's a deep touchdown. It's a boom or bust play, but against this Giants defense, I'm going for the boom. I'm playing Ted Ginn. Yeah, I mean, if if he's a guy you're, that you're going with, like like you said, boom or bust, you, you could win or lose your fantasy game depending on him. Uh, if, if he's in your lineup, it tells me that you're you're banged up. Uh, deeper leagues, you playing three wide receivers and, and a flex. But uh, like you said, you know he, he's a guy. He, he can give you the big numbers, but he, he can also, you know, the, the floor is also very, very low with him. So yeah, exactly. I'd be a little bit nervous. Um, yeah, but I'm going to go with him this week. Ginn on the season, he's up to eight touchdowns. You know, he gives you the big play. <clears throat> Four touchdowns his last two games for Ted Ginn. I'll roll with it. He's going to drop a couple, but he'll catch some as well. Doug, Buffalo going to Washington. LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, I'm playing them. I don't mind using Tyrod Taylor. He's been solid. Uh, Washington side of the things, Kirk Cousins, um, Jordan Reed, 
Deshaun Jackson staying away from the Redskins running game. Alfred Morris, Matt Jones, that's just a hot mess. I'd rather play. Would you take a chance on one of them, or would you play the Fozzie Whitakers, uh, Mike Tolbert, Bilal Powell's over the world, over the Redskins running game? Um, I think as far as Alfred Morris is concerned, I think I'm pretty much done with him. His volume mm-hmm. has, has gotten lower and lower by the week. Uh, I'm trying to find the numbers on Matt Jones. Matt Jones, again, very quietly, he's getting a lot of touches. The volume is there for him. Uh, I'm looking at his numbers right now. Uh, last week, 18 touches. I'm, I'm sorry, 20 touches. The week before, 19 touches. You know, so the last two weeks, he's talking over 40 touches. So he's a guy that uh, you know, maybe, maybe an RB2 or a flex. Definitely a flex I'm confident in playing. I mean, the numbers are huge, but the volume is there if you need it. Yeah, the volume is there. hasn't done anything with it. Alfred Morris scored, scored a rushing touchdown last week for Washington. Um, right. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I'd rather play uh, a Powell, a James Starks, uh, a Fozzie Whitaker over Matt Jones. I just haven't seen enough in, the, in Matt Jones. He's had one or two big games, and, and I think those numbers have skewed some, skewed some stats a bit. Right. Um, Buffalo, though, I mean, LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, they're must plays. Not much fantasy relevance, though, in this game, Doug. Agreed? Yeah, that, that's definitely it's, uh, definitely a, a potential snoozer in that game. Yeah, Jordan Reed is is the Redskins' best player on offense, so you're going to utilize him there as well. Um, Doug, Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots. <sighs> I don't have much to talk about with Tennessee. However, New England, it's funny. Do we have much to talk about with New England at, with all their injuries? Amendola, Gronkowski, Brady, no Julian Edelman yet, and a mess of a running back situation. So let's talk with the obvious talk. What do you do with the Pats running backs? Are you going to go James White or Brandon Bolden? Um, In a flex, if I have one of those guys, I'm going to start them. Uh, The Patriots, you know, most likely they're going to put up 25 points this week. I mean, you have Brady. He'll be throwing the ball. He'll be distributing it, you know, God knows where, where the ball's going besides Gronk. Uh, Amendola, I mean, he, he's banged up. As far as I know, he's, he's starting this week, correct? Yep, yep. Yeah, so, he I did. mean, they're going to give you 25, maybe 30 points. So, because of volume, you know, team-wise, I'll start uh, White and I'll start Bolden this week. You know, I'll go with James White. I don't know how much I could trust Bolden. But in a PPR format, James White has very quietly played well. He's got a touchdown in three of his last four games. And in his last two games, he has 14 receptions. Seven catches a game in the PPR format. You can't go wrong there. I look back at last week. I look at what uh, the Jets offense with Chris Ivory and Bilal Powell did. Powell had a big game catching the ball out of the backfield against (coughs) Tennessee. Uh, I'm good with them. Delaney Walk is the only option I'll consider out of Tennessee. Green Beckham is not that good. Antonio Andrews has come crashing back down to earth. I'm avoiding that situation there, Doug, um, as well. Uh, Doug, Cleveland Browns, and we move, I think that's it for the 1 o'clock games. Uh, we move to the 4 o'clock games. The Cleveland Browns traveling to the Seattle Seahawks, Doug. Um, there is no offense hotter right now than Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson has 16 touchdown passes over his last four games. And over his last three, Doug Baldwin has eight 
touchdown receptions. This is not a team you want to be playing fantasy-wise. Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, and Tyler Lockett are all must-starts this week for the Seattle Seahawks, Doug. Yeah, to, to, to summarize quickly, Anthony, this is an all-in, all-out game. I'm all-in with the Seahawks, and I'm all-out with the Browns. Uh, and, the, and the Seahawks, could they go to a third Super Bowl in a row? Is that possible? Uh, I think the only team in the NFC, I, this is going to sound crazy because one of these teams is undefeated. I could see Arizona has the best chance to stop them. Yeah, well, you're thinking the Panthers or Arizona, right? Basically, those three teams. Yeah, and I'm and and it's funny, you know, Carolina is what thirteen and zero, fourteen and zero. I'm still not sold. I'm I still not sold. I I still think Arizona is the best team in the NFC, but you know we've seen it. We've seen it with our own Giants. When you hit the playoffs and you have the hottest team. And right. right now, Seattle is by far the hottest team, especially offensively. I mean, Cleveland is going to get decimated this week. Your only hope, and I'm playing against Russell Wilson in one fantasy playoff. I played against him in another one last week, and I somehow survived and won, even though Russell Wilson gave my opponent 40 points. Your only hope this week is Seattle gets off to such a huge lead that Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, and, and Tyler Lockett are out of the game by the third quarter. That's how yeah, bad and, I think and, Seattle and, blows the doors off of Cleveland. Yeah, I mean it, that that has to. Ha- if if it's a close game, it's just it's one of those just horrible, horrible luck things. I mean, and you, and you made the point that I was I was basically getting to was Seattle right now is exactly where you want to be as far as heating up when the playoffs come. It's the end of the season. They're they're just a monster team. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say unstoppable because no one's really unstoppable. But uh, yeah, I mean, out of the NFC right now, it's it's either they or the Cardinals, and I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the Seahawks. Now, now keep in mind, though, Seattle is now on their third running back, who was not in the NFL a week ago. Right. Bryce Brown was not on the team last week, and he's going to be starting at running back. So that makes a good defense's job a little easier. Lynch. Rolls out. Lynch may return. We'll see what happens there. Um, so, I guess you could key on Baldwin and Lockett a little bit more. Key on uh, Russell Wilson a little bit more this week. But okay, the Seahawks have the Browns this week. They'll be nine and five. They have the Rams next week, ten and five. Uh, and then on January third, they end the season again at Arizona against the Cardinals. That'll be a fun way to end the season. Uh, they'll probably there's a chance they can meet again in the playoffs as well. So go all in on Lockett, go all in on Baldwin and Russell Wilson. Hope you survive those matchups, especially Russell Wilson, because I have a funny feeling Russell Wilson's going to lead the team in rushing as well this week. Um, Bryce Brown, he's a flex option at best for me, Doug. What do you think? Yeah, I would, I would even go as far as uh, RB2. Um, I mean, they're, they're playing the Browns. The Browns are horrible. They're not going to want to, I don't think they're going to – with that matchup, I can't see them wanting Wilson to have the ball in his hands too much, you know, and have some kind of – this late in the season, has some kind of freak thing happen to him. So I could, I could see Bryce Brown getting a good 20 touches. Okay. Uh, Pete Carroll came out and said uh, he will ride the hot hand between Bryce Brown, Christine Michael, who was just signed, 
fullback Derek Coleman uh, and Fred Jackson will be the third down back. Um, that news broke yesterday. So that's a scary situation where you could have three different running backs splitting first and second down work. I'm shying away. I can't trust him like you said, Doug, as an RB2. He's a desperate flex play to me. He may have a big game. We may miss it. But based on reports, when you're considering that there's three different guys who can be running the ball first and second down, I'm going to shy away. Doug, Cleveland side of the ball. Um, Isaiah Crowell went for about 140 yards last week. Do you even consider him? Probably not. I would say no. You I know, agree. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, the matchup, I mean, the chances are they'll, they'll fall behind and be throwing the ball a lot. I just, I just I can't, I can't this, in this matchup, at this point in the season, I, I can't trust anybody in Cleveland. I just can't. No, I, I agree, especially, yeah, in Seattle, there's no way. All right, Doug, Green Bay Packers, they travel to the Oakland Raiders. <clears throat> um, you know, we talked about Blake Bortles before. Well, Derek Carr, 28 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, Packers quarterbacks are good. Uh, rookie Demarius Randall, he's going to be matched up against Amari Cooper. Randall, the rookie, has been terrific. Uh, Cooper's been good as well. This Packer defense is tough. Let's start with the Raiders. Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, uh, Latavius Murray. Cooper has definitely slowed down in the last couple of weeks. How are you looking at this Raiders team this week? You know, Anthony, uh, this week I, I'm thinking for both sides of the ball, I'm pretty much all in. I'm just going to play the guys and see where the, the cards fall. I mean, it, this has a potential of a shootout this week. I know that the Packers' defense, uh, I don't have it in front of me right now. I think they're ranked pretty high against quarterback. Um I'm trying to look right now. Green but, Bay uh, against opposing quarterbacks. They've given up 16 to- – oh, they've only allowed 16 touchdown passes. They have 12 interceptions. They've given up about 20 points a game in a standard league format, four points per touchdown. Um, so Packers are, 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 in the, are in the top 12 against yeah, quarterbacks. Right, they're 11. So that's it's, it's not too bad. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to run with uh, just about everybody anyway. I mean, they're, they're a good defense. They're not a shutdown defense. Uh, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice with the, with the Raiders this week. Call me crazy. I agree. I'll play I'll play the Raiders' offensive pieces. Uh, I don't view Cooper any longer as a wide receiver one. He's in a wide receiver two. Same with Crabtree. Crabtree maybe even a flex. Murray, though, uh, he's been hit or miss this week. There's no den- This season, there's no denying that. But, again, right. with the decimated running backs in the league, odds are Murray's probably one of your last men standing. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers plays. Randall Cobb, who has been a huge bust this season, However, yeah. he's coming along. Twelve targets last week. He has eighteen receptions over his last three games. Raiders have a bottom five pass defense. You got to play Cobb. I don't trust Devontae Adams. I don't trust James Jones. The tight end Richard Rodgers has become a favorite target though of, of Aaron Rodgers. But my question is the running back situation. Eddie Lacy looks like he's rolling now. Three hundred yard games in his last four when he's not being benched for being in trouble. So Lacey seems like he's back, but James Starks has still been super effective. Doug, if you own both of these guys, and odds are you do, you handcuffed Lacey with Starks if you were smart. Are you playing them both? Well, you know, Anthony, unfortunately, I had Lacey last week, and I sat him, and because I lost the game. So I was knocked Mm -hmm. out of my playoff. So I'm a little angry at this man right now, but yeah. 
Uh, if you have them both, the way Lacey is playing, you got to start him now. And Starks, you know, I mean, volume-wise, he's getting so many touches. I don't see how you can sit him. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders' defense has allowed 10 total touchdowns to running backs this season. Seven rushing, three receiving. Now, we know what Lacey's done, right? Uh, like we said, essentially, when he's played, he's given you 100 yards, three of his last four. Two weeks ago, he got benched. We, we, we all know the story. But Eddie Lacey, in his last, over his last well, six games, going back to week nine, over his last six games, he has given you double-digit fantasy points in PPR leagues in five out of six. Week right. nine, he gave you 24. Week 10, 15. Week 11 was a stinker. He only gave you five. Week 12, he gave you 12. Week 13, he gave you 11 points. And week 14 last week, he gave you 26. Starks has been terrific. He has done nothing to lose his touches, and he won't. I will happily play Eddie Lacy, James Starks combination, and I have a funny feeling I'm going to get a combined 40 points from the two of them this week, Doug. 25 and 15, 20 and 20, whatever it may be, I don't care. Give me 40 from my two running backs, and I'm pretty happy. Yeah, in the last seven weeks, in almost every game, Starks has given you double-digit touches. I mean, I, with that offense, I mean, that, that's a lot of volume. You, you can't pass it up. I mean, he, I'm looking at his numbers right now. In the last six games, there's one game where he gave you single-digit uh, points. Everything else is double digits. A few times he gave you over 20, po- 20 points. So he, he's, he's easily a start. I mean, if, if you have Starks, I would start him over. Uh, I'll start him over uh, Tolbert easily. Anybody in, in the backfield for Washington, I'll start him over. I mean, that, uh, and I, maybe I, I think he's he's up there with uh, with White of uh, New England as far as you know flex play in the backfield for PPR leagues. That's that's where I would put him. I would start him over the Carolina situation. Um, I would start him over Bryce Brown in Seattle. At least mm-hmm. Starks is a known. You know there's going to be 15 touches there. I would definitely go Starks over all of those guys, Doug. I agree 100%. Uh, Doug, Broncos traveling to Pittsburgh Sunday at 430. Here's the big question with this game. Yeah. Do you play the Denver defense? Yeah, that's, that's the question. The top defense. On the road against Pittsburgh, do you play Denver against the Steelers offense? That's a tough. Yeah, that's that's one of at this point in the season. That's one of the toughest questions of the year. Cause, I mean, Pittsburgh is putting up some serious numbers on this on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know what? I would I would look. I would possibly look elsewhere if there's a decent defense available on the waiver wire. I would probably go with them. You know, it's interesting. I own. Uh, the Broncos' defense, they're, they're my defense, and they've been my defense all year. And right. I've stuck with them. And we've had the same discussion going into Week 12 when they played the Patriots. And I stuck with them then, and they did give me three sacks that day. And I'm going to stick with them against Pittsburgh because Ben Roethlisberger can be sacked. This Broncos' defense can get to the quarterback. They have given you, in every game this season except Week 9, multiple sacks, all right? So uh, if you're going to tell me I'm going to get three or four sacks out of Big Ben uh, uh, from the Broncos' defense, I will take that. You know, Roethlisberger has been intercepted ten times. So would it shock you to see Ben picked off this week? 
I say no. I think you get an interception out of him. I think you're going to get some sacks. You get three or four uh, of those. You're going to get a couple of fantasy points out of the Broncos' defense. I think the Broncos' defense will give up points, though. But, you know, this is, to, to quote the late, great Gorilla Monsoon, this is the immovable force versus the irresistible object. And anybody right. who grew up watching WWE will get that. Okay? <laughs> but this is a Broncos defense, Doug, that has allowed two, two touchdowns to wide receivers all season. Two. So, yep. so what are you more scared of? Are you more scared of the Broncos defense? Of, are you more scared of using the Broncos defense? Or are you more afraid of using Antonio Brown and Martavius Bryant and Ben Roethlisberger? That's a good point. Let me ask you this. Would you rather play the Packers defense or the Broncos defense? Packers versus Raiders. Games in Oakland. I'd probably go the Packers, but I don't think they have the upside of the Broncos. See, here's, but here's my point. We've spent a good portion of this show, and we've been talking forever, but we've spent a good portion of this show talking about running away from Eli Manning against Carolina. Why right. aren't we saying run away from Ben Roethlisberger against the Broncos? The Broncos' defense, statistically, against quarterbacks, is significantly better than Carolina. Carolina has allowed nine touchdown passes to quarterbacks this season, uh, to wide receivers. Denver has allowed two. Two. I mean, Eli's got a better shot, statistically, of throwing a touchdown to Odell Beckham than, than Roethlisberger does to Brown O'Brien. Based on these numbers, I would be as good as as the Steelers' offense would be. Here's what I would do: I would sit Martavius Bryant. I would sit Bryant. I, I, Antonio Brown is like Odell Beckham; he stays in. If I'm a Roethlisberger owner, I'm just as nervous as the Eli Manning owner, Doug. Yeah, no, you make a good case. Would you? Would you? If you had to choose one of two, would you start Bryant or would you start Ruben Randall? Bryant. Absolutely, Maltavius Bryant. Their talent doesn't even compare. So they both have an equally tough matchup, and Bryant is the better player, so you go with the better player. Yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, um, listen, if, if you have if you have a safer option, but uh, over Broncos, which is which is tough to say. If you if you're riding the Broncos all year, chances are you don't have a backup defense. You don't need one. Right. There was no need to to ride a second defense at all. Um, you know, I, I'm playing the Broncos, and as far as the Steelers go, I will go with Big Ben nervously, like I will with Eli Manning nervously. Um, I will go Antonio Brown for obvious reasons, right? You can argue him and Odell Beckham are the best wide receiver in the league. Right. I will sit. Marta- I am using Martavius Bryant in a league um, uh, that uses. Two wide receivers and two flexes. He is my second flex. All season, he's been my wide receiver, too. Well, he has now dropped this week, and I've put him in my second flex position. Uh, A little less expectation there, but uh, he is my second flex instead. Now, D'Angelo Williams for Pittsburgh. You know, the Denver Broncos are giving up uh, uh, paltry numbers rushing-wise. They have given up a only on the season – 913 yards rushing. So you consider 913 yards rushing over 13 games, 
It's a minuscule 70 yards rushing a game. That's all Denver's allowed. But they have allowed 13 touchdowns to running backs. Eight rushing, five receiving. Based on the volume and based on the injury situation, you've got to play D'Angelo Williams, but you can't feel good about him churning up a lot of yards, Doug. No, I, I agree. Uh, at this point in the season, with the injuries that are coming around, I mean, he's probably been your guy for a while now. He's, he's given you a, a real solid season. It's kind of, you know, with the matchup, I can see the desire, but it's kind of tough to sit a guy like him. I mean, he's been consistent yep. all year long. And I wouldn't sit him this week either. He, I mean, well, how many better options are you going to have than Daniel Williams this week? I don't see many. Right. I agree. He's better than some of these other guys that we've talked about, the backups who could uh, do something in a PPR format. Broncos side of the thing, Brock Osweiler, I'm not looking to play him. Uh, Ronnie Hillman, C.J. Anderson, I'll use Hillman, although Steelers' defense is tough as well. But Hillman is the starter. Seattle, Pittsburgh defense, third best against running backs. They've only allowed five touchdowns. Hillman is a flex play unless you're desperate. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, I'll start them, although Sanders has been disappointing of late. Uh, I think you're going to have to roll with them as well. This is going to be. This could go either way, Doug. Uh, point wise, this could either be very high scoring with two very good offenses, or very low scoring because of two very good defenses. Um, going to be an interesting thing to see happen here. Seattle, uh, Pittsburgh does give up points to wide receivers. They've allowed 15 wide receiver touchdowns. So feel good about Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders this week, Doug. That's for sure, Doug. Final Sunday afternoon game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Two more Sunday afternoon games. Miami Dolphins, San Diego Chargers. Doug, we both watched the Dolphins play last week when they played the Giants. It's got to give you a little bit of hope here with the Chargers. Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, Melvin Gordon. What do you think? Uh, you know, I'm feeling, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling fine with Gates. Uh, Gordon and, and Rivers, I mean, if, if Rivers is your guy, he's one of those guys where, you know, he, he – is, is he your starter? Did you pick him as a starter or a backup? Hopefully, Rivers is the type of guy that you would draft, like, uh, I don't want to say a handcuff, but you draft a Rivers with a Carson Palmer, or you draft a Dalton and a Rivers. Hopefully, hopefully if you did that, you're, you got to go with Rivers. Uh, or maybe you have Carr as a backup. I'm not – Rivers is, is he's been doing pretty poorly the past few weeks. Um but against the Dolphins, I, I would start him. Gates yeah, Miami's given up 28 touchdowns this year to quarterbacks. I mean, that's an yeah. astronomical number, Doug. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely no bueno. Uh, th- this week, though, <laughs> so, I'm starting Gates. I'm starting Rivers. Melvin Gordon, there's a big uh, there's an anomaly right there. Now, here's Gordon, right? Let's talk about him for a minute. He's been hugely disappointing. There's no denying that. The Chargers right. continue to use him, though. They are determined – to make him work, okay? He doesn't even have a touchdown yet, okay? He's getting 13, over 13 touches in six consecutive games, and Miami is the fourth worst defense defending running backs, okay? They're allowing over 22 points a game to running backs in standard leagues. They've given up 14 total touchdowns. They've given up over 1,500 rushing yards on the season, okay? Um for an average of 118 rushing yards a game, the, the Miami Dolphins have allowed. They're, they've allowed 68 receptions through 13 games. This is not a good defense in Miami. Here's the thing. 
We would have never said play Melvin Gordon. But you now add to the no Thomas Rawls, no Jonathan Stewart, okay, no TJ Yeldon. You've added all those guys to the already long list of injured. If you've been sitting on Melvin Gordon all season and you, you haven't used him, well, this might be the week you use him. Yeah, it might be. And like you said, just for volume's sake, you may have to play him. I mean, you know, the matchup is good. Actually, the matchup is very good. It doesn't get much better than this. But uh, as, far, as far as touches, I, I think you, you, you may have to roll with him. Uh, Danny Woodhead has slowly disappeared this week, mm-hmm. uh, this year. You know, he, he was real solid for a while. Past few weeks, he hasn't really done buckets. So, uh, like you said, Gordon, uh, is, I mean, they're not really playing for much in San Diego, I don't think. So, I mean, they're, they're, they might be trying to get established next season with, with, with Gordon now. Here's here's the only reason I'm. This is the number one reason I'm going to give you for playing Melvin Gordon this week. Doug, you watch him every week. The New York Giants are one of the worst running def- offenses in the league. Correct? You agree with me? Andre Williams, <coughs> yes. Rashad Jennings ran for 80 yards last week, which was 30 more yards than any other game he ran for all season, and he's not nearly as good as Melvin Gordon. If Jennings could go for 80 yards against the Dolphins, Gordon should give you at least 90, and Gordon should get in the end zone for the first time all season. Doug, what about Miami? Chargers, for as bad as Miami is against running backs, so are the Chargers. San Diego's fifth worst. Okay, They've allowed 13 touchdowns, over 1,400 rushing yards. Lamar Miller's better than Melvin Gordon. Lamar Miller's a must-start. Yeah, Miller, people have been really sour on him this season, but uh, as of late, he's come along pretty nicely. Uh, I would easily, without a doubt, start him against the Chargers. Uh, The question for me, the big question for me for the Dolphins is Tannehill. Do you start him? I can't. No. I can't. You know what? There's not enough injured quarterbacks to justify using him. Um I would not play him. We, let's go back to our big two concerns, Roethlisberger and Eli Manning. No, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, Tannenhill, 22 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's just been so inconsistent. Um, yeah. I just have a hard time using him. I'll play Jarvis Landry as long as the knee holds up this weekend and he's clear to go. I'll play Jarvis Landry. Um, I'll play Lamar Miller. But other than that, I'll, I'll stay away from that Dolphin situation. I just I can't trust Land uh, uh, Tannenhill. You know, it, well, the thing you is, know? Anthony, the, the way this preseason was, a lot of people started him as their, as their starter, uh, drafted him yeah. as a starter. So I mean, I know two or three people who drafted Tannenhill as their starter and got very lucky because they drafted Carson Palmer as their backup. Uh huh. Right, yeah. Palmer wasn't in anybody's top ten, top twelve. Nope. No. But Tannehill was. And yeah. you walked away from there going, all right, I got Palmer as my starter at least. Tannehill hasn't lived up to expectations. But yeah. when you look at the, the quarterbacks who have soared past him, Palmer, uh, Tannehill was ranked higher than Cam Newton. Yep. Tannehill was ahead of Bortles. Tannehill was ahead of Derek Carr. You wouldn't start Tannehill over any of these guys at this point, Doug. Right. And, and Dalton as well. Dalton, although he's out. Yeah. I mean, he's he's had a, a real solid season. He's a top quarterback. He was way ahead of Tannehill as well. So, yeah, at this point of the season, hopefully he's not your starter. 
And if he is, right. and you got to roll him, you got to roll him. Well, let me ask you this: If you okay. lost Andy Dalton, as this segues right into the last Sunday afternoon game, um, right. if you lost Andy Dalton, would you play Tannenhill, or, or would you start Dalton's backup, AJ McCarron? And I know it sounds crazy, but the 49ers secondary ranks 27th in the league against the pass. McCarron looked okay last week. He threw for 280 yards and two touchdowns against the Steelers. We mentioned the Steelers are vulnerable against the pass. Osweiler could have a decent game this week against Pittsburgh. Okay? But but McCarron was able to throw the ball. A.J. Green went off last week, and that was without Tyler Eifert. So here's a situation would you, if you were in a desperate situation, you've lost Andy Dalton, you survived the game somehow, made it to the semifinals, would you trust McCarron against the 49ers? Because he'd be the only question mark there. You'd play Jeremy Hill, you'd play Eifert if he plays, you'd play A.J. Green, you're going to play the guys, you're going to play the Bengals, 49ers are terrible. Would you play McCarron, or would you look elsewhere? Um, you know what? Over Tannehill, yeah. I mean, that offense is, is just too good. I would start McCarron. Um, I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, I mean, it, it's a it's a tough go if, if Dalton was your starter, and you know there's a lot of people out there right now who are in the situation where he was your guy. Uh, this week, and I'm just saying for this week against the Niners, I would w- with that offense that they ha- he has around him, um, I would start McCarron. You know, 49ers defense, we talked about it, 27th in the league against the pass. On the season, they've allowed 18 tu- 19 touchdowns to quarterbacks. All right? I am all in on Bengals this week. I have, If you won't tell me you want to play McCarron, I would look at you a little crazy, but I would understand it at least. Uh, uh, 49ers are the worst defense in the league against running backs. Over 1,500 rushing yards allowed, 17 touchdowns. Uh, 14 touchdowns rushing. Jeremy Hill's going to get in the end zone, if not once, twice at least, if you ask me. It's a big game this weekend if you're Bengals owners from a fantasy perspective. Doug, the only 49er, in my opinion, we're talking about right now is the running back, Sean Drone. He had a disappointing game last week. Um, You know, uh, uh, Cleveland really just focused all their efforts on not allowing Drone to get the ball, and it worked. He was first time he's been under... 10 fantasy points in a game, and this week he faces a Bengals defense that has only allowed four rushing touchdowns and four receiving touchdowns, giving up about 80 yards rushing a game. Do you trust Sean Drone this week against the Bengals? Um, you know, if he at this point in the season, it's possible that he got you, he helped you get you where you are. Um, so, you know, like I said, last week, very disappointing, but the previous four weeks were pretty solid. He's, he's given you some numbers. Um, I would play drones as a flex. Uh, but, you know, if, if, you're, if you're banged there's a good chance that you're one of those guys where you mm-hmm. have thrown because he's banged up, your, your team's banged up, and they're yeah. more banged up this week, so you may have to start them. And you yeah. know what? It's a tough call against the Bengals. They're, they're solid defense. But, uh, you know, there's not many guys on the wave wire I would play over him. Bryce Brown, would you start him over over Drone? It's a hard call. No. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would go Drone. You know, the only guys I would consider, I wouldn't play any of the guys on the wave wire, the guys we mentioned, the Fozzie Whitakers, things like that. I would have to consider some of the PPR backs. Uh, right. James Starks, Bilal Powell, 
Powell. Guys like that, overdrawn. Um, and that segues into Monday night's game. Another player I would consider overdrawn would be Theo Riddick. He would be the only running back in Detroit, I would thought. I know Amir right. Abdullah has played better of late, but I can't trust him, even against the Saints. But Theo Riddick, Doug, uh, in a PPR format, has been solid. He's somebody I'm going to consider this week against the Saints. Monday night's matchup has a boatload of fantasy implications because uh, uh, as bad as both of these teams are, there are fantasy-relevant players there. Um, Matt Stafford, I think, is a must-start for Detroit. Golden Tate has outperformed Calvin Johnson, but I'm still playing both Lions receivers. And I'm going to have to play Theo Reddick as well against New Orleans. Um, New Orleans against opposing running backs, not very good. Um, as I'm looking at their reception numbers right now, uh, the Saints are the second-worst defense in the league against running backs. They have allowed 78 receptions to opposing running backs. That's in the top five highest in the league. They've allowed 784 receiving yards to running backs. They have allowed five touchdowns receiving to running backs. Uh, Theo Reddick is an RB2 this week, Doug. There's no doubt about that. No, I agree with you. And, uh, and to go even further, I would start Ebron because the, uh, the, the tight end for the Lions because the Saints are the worst team against the tight end. 81 receptions. 10 touchdowns for tight ends. So, LeBron's another guy I would definitely look at. And speaking of a drone, I would start on the other side of the ball, or other side of the field, rather, I would start Hightower over him as well for the Saints. Yeah. You know, Hightower, when you look at his yards per carry last week, it was nothing tremendous. I think he had like 27, 28 carries. But he had 27 carries, Doug. Yeah. Uh, that, you, you can't beat that volume. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. I never thought that I would be saying that a backup for for San Francisco, especially after week one uh, this season, that the backup for the Niners would be getting 27 carries in a game. But, I mean, just for, you know, for, for volume-wise, that's pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. Tremendous. I mean, I'm, I'm, Lions defense has played very well of late. There's no denying that. Um, they've lost their last couple, but they have played better than they did in the beginning of the season. That being said, both quarterbacks are playable, obviously. Um, Theo Reddick is the running back to use in Detroit in a PPR format. Hightower in New Orleans. I'm using the Lions wide receivers. Doug, what about Brandon Cooks? Do you like that matchup against Detroit? Um, Detroit, interesting stat, has been a top five pass defense over the last month. They have played much, much better uh, against opposing wide receivers of late after struggling early, um, do you still trust Brandon Cooks? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, start Cooks this week. I mean, they, he'll be throwing the ball 35, 40 times this week, uh, Breezewell. Uh, Sneed as well, I'll, I'll start him as well. I actually have almost the entire offense for the Saints this week. I'll start Hightower, Breeze, obviously, Cooks, uh, Sneed, I'll start Watson. I'm pretty much all in with, with the Saints as well. Fair enough, Doug, fair enough. Well, Doug, we have covered every single game here this week, and we went way past the one hour we normally go. Uh, so thanks for staying with us. Now, Doug, next week we got an exciting show. Um, it's championship week. We'll talk about a few injuries and things like that, but I think next week most people will have their thoughts set. We'll answer any questions anybody may throw at us on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. But next week, Doug, we're going to wrap up the fantasy season. 
and uh, I know you've already been working on it. We're going to talk about our, our fantasy MVPs. We're going to be talking about our fantasy season LVPs, and we're going to go position by position, and we're going to come up with our fantasy all-pro team um, as well. Well, 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 our fantasy flex options, our wide receivers, our running backs, tight ends, and all that fun stuff. So we're going to wrap up the fantasy season next week. Should be a lot of fun. want to thank everybody for listening to the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show Week 15, whether you listen live here on Blog Talk Radio this Saturday morning or at any point over the weekend on iTunes. Um, don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at Fantasy and follow it on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. We'll be back with you next Thursday night. Uh, recapping all the action and looking ahead. And, uh, Doug, next week we'll also look ahead to next season. I know it's early, but it's always fun to look ahead to that. Um, Doug, best of luck in any games you may have this week. And, as always, thank you for your time. Another great job by you, my friend. Thank you, sir. No, I'm, I'm on full vacation mode right now, my friend. I'm knocked out of all my leagues. <laughs> I had a decent run, but I am done. I'm here for the show now, though. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Actually, next Thursday night, Doug, is Christmas Eve. So we're going to uh, we're gonna not be on the air next Thursday, but we'll let you know if you follow on Twitter or on Facebook when we will do that end-of-season wrap-up show. That might be off. We might be off next week, so it'll be in, another, in about two weeks. We'll figure out a day and time to do that. But for Doug Dudaller, I'm Anthony Aniano. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good luck this weekend, and have a great weekend, folks. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.